Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Matt Gabs from the Ravagers. I'm here with Jay on the Hook Rocks. Hey, I don't know why you tried to break me. I guess I should have known right from the Welcome back to the Hook Rocks. It is Jay Scott. Another episode starting the month of October off strong with an episode here about the concerts and the performances I saw over the last three months in the third quarter of 2022. But before I begin, just like to mention that we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music related podcasts. You can check out all my friends over there on Pantheon, or some of them, some of them are not on Pantheon, but Tom and Zeus are, and the Shout Out Loudcast, the number one rated KISS podcast, Mac from the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast, check out him with Action Jackson, as well as Martin Popoff, the Rock Historian, Mistress Carrie, the legendary DJ out in Boston, Aaron and Chris on Decibel Geek. They got the Rock and Pod show coming up in March. I'd like to have them on soon to get an episode going with them and talk about what they're doing. So expect that uh, over the next month or two. And Vinny Apice and Carmen Peace on the Hanging and Banging podcast with Ron Anesti, the local Chicago promoter. You can find Pantheon Podcast at pantheonpodcast.com, as well as the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pantheon Pods, as well as you can find The Hook Rocks on all those platforms. Just search up The Hook Rocks, as well as all podcast platforms and streaming services. You just search up The Hook Rocks. You get all 400 episodes. Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, we're on every platform, so check us out. And 
Don't forget to set the app to automatic download so you get all the new episodes right to your phone whenever they drop and you get to enjoy all the previous 400 plus episodes, man. I can't believe we've done that many and we've going into, uh, or going into year four here. So, uh, our year four is a little bit of ways to go. We got about nine months left, but it'll be here before we know it. So enjoy chatting music with the people I have on and enjoy the community that we've created here. We've had some great new music spotlights with Bourbon House, the Ravagers. And The Issue, as well as Ignescent, the metal band from Chicago. Sam Bam Colton, the guitar player from Dorothy. And don't forget to check out our 300 or three-year anniversary with Stephen Piercy, our 400th episode with members of the Groove Council. The live album review with the UFO album, Strangers in the Night. And the White Snake Legacy album with Zeus from Shout Out Loudcast. And we had our resident audio expert, Skylab Tapes, Rob from Skylab Tapes, talking home recording studios in 2022, what you need, how to do it, and why they're becoming so prevalent in this day and age. So check it out. Rob always brings it, of course. Uh, His episodes get a lot of great feedback. So please be sure to check that out. Don't forget to write us a review, whether on Facebook or on the streaming services. We always enjoy your feedback. Write us a nice note of what we mean to you or how you enjoyed the episode. We we always enjoy it and we can't get enough reviews. So if you've been a listener for a while and you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to write some kind words on uh, what we're all about and what we do and how you enjoy it. Always love to hear that stuff. We've got a great week ahead. We've got our Van Halen dedication show. Two years since he passed, coming up here on the 6th of October. And, of course, our flagship episode, the best albums of the third quarter. We may have to delay that maybe until Monday of next week because Chris hasn't been feeling good. He's been under the weather. Uh, We'll certainly replace that with another great episode, too, as well. So rest assured, we got you covered. And I also will be reviewing the new Alter Bridge album coming up this weekend as well. Fantastic record that uh, I will get into. Tonight's episode, I'm flying solo. I normally do concert reviews as part of the show, part of the episodes that I do each month. And because I go to a lot of shows and because I saw a lot of performances over the last three months, I didn't want to clog up the, the month with the episodes I'm doing with. So that's why I'm kind of doing it all in one show. I know I did the Thunder Mother review when they opened up for Scorpions, but I think what's going to be happening with these live concert reviews is they're either going to go on our Patreon page, which is coming up soon or they might be exclusive to either Facebook or Instagram as we move forward. So I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with that. But now that the pandemic is over and everybody's touring, my concert schedule is filled up with a lot of shows. And as if you've noticed, I've kind of lowered the amount or decreased the amount of shows that I've done. I went from 16 to 14 to 12 to 10. 
uh, had some vacations and some health issues over the last couple of months. So there was less than 10, but 10 is kind of the sweet spot that I'll be trying to hit each month. And if I'm going to four shows, I don't want four episodes to be concert reviews because we've got a lot of content, whether it's a new music spotlight or a music commentary episode like we did with Skylab recently on home recording studios. And of course, legacy artists that we have on from time to time. So trying to figure out a home for these concert reviews. I'm doing a quarterly one right now, but that's going to change probably over the next three months. Because like I said, man, everyone's touring and everybody's out there. And uh, yeah, it's just um, getting to be too much. So let's kick it off. Let's kick it off with the first show I went to in July with my son. We went to the stadium tour with Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett, and Classless Act at Wrigley Field, home of the Chicago Cubs. It's the second show, I believe, I think I've been to Wrigley. Not a big fan of Wrigley as a concert venue, just because the sight lines are challenging and the parking and getting in and out of Wrigley is pretty difficult. For those of you that have never been to Wrigley that are outside Chicago, Wrigley Field is basically in Southport, which is a neighborhood in the city. And the unique thing about Wrigley is there's a lot of residential homes in that area. Three flats, two flats, you name it, they're there. And there's a lot of traffic going into Wrigley on a day of a Cub game and going into a concert. So as I've gotten older, I've gotten less patient with traffic than I have when I was younger. And the show, the stadium tour is filled with bands that I grew up listening to. And my son has the rock and roll bug at 17 and he wanted to see the show. So we were able to get tickets for the show and we were off and on our way and it did not disappoint. It was a good show. Uh, Classes Act opened up the night with their performance. They did about 20 to 25 minutes. Derek Day and Griffin Tucker have both been on the show. Griffith uh, was one of our first guests on the New Music Spotlight, and Derek was on, God, I want to say last year. Time is such a, a foggy thing now, so forgive me if I'm wrong on that. But he's been on the show, and Griffin has been on the show too. They've got the new album out, and I was able to see them as well with Dorothy and Joyous Wolf earlier in the year at the House of Blues. And they did not disappoint. They're a great live act. They really do have a lot of energy up on stage. They sound great. They perform great. I uh, would love to have seen a longer set, but considering that you've got four acts after them, totally understand why we couldn't. But in my opinion, and some may disagree with me, who went to the show, they were the best act, the best sounding act of the night. and. More than likely, they've got the or they got the uh, the standard board mixing board for the show, or they didn't have all the effects or mix that the other bands received. But they were phenomenal, and it was no frills. It was just straight ahead rock and roll, and they did not disappoint. They are a band that you should watch out for. 
They did most of their singles that they've released on the new album. There's really not much to talk about because it was really only a 20 to 25 minute performance, except for the fact that, in my opinion, they were the best act of the night. Really enjoy them. High energy. Great performance. I saw them at the House of Blues. That was awesome, too. I'd love to see them, you know, on their own at a club coming up. They definitely translate well to a large venue like Wrigley Field. And they definitely are not intimidated by a bigger stage. So the crowd itself, again, this was 4 p.m. So you had about 10% of the crowd. Wrigley has about 40,000 capacity. So you had about 4,000, maybe four to 5,000 people there. So that's more than what they would probably get at a club had they headline a club on their own. So, yeah, I mean, definitely beneficial for them to be on this tour. It's going to be interesting to see what the impact is on the band with the audiences that they've played for. I know they've played to some larger crowds because of some delays in weather, weather-related issues. So hopefully they get some momentum from this and they get a, a, a nice growth in their audience. Time will tell. But it's it's a great tour for a young act to be on, and they definitely held their own and they definitely played like they belong there. So good on them. Moving on to Joan Jett, enjoyable performance for her. She did basically the greatest hits of Joan Jett, which is okay by me, because I've never seen her before, her perform. It's one of the acts that uh, up until that night I had never seen live. So she was great to hear all those great songs from when I was a kid, all the way from Cherry Bomb to... Do You Want to Touch, to Crimson and Clover, to I Want Rock and Roll. And of course, the biggest surprise of the day, which I wasn't sure that she was going to do this, but she did. And she did Light of Day from the movie that she was in with Michael J. Fox in the mid-80s that I loved growing up. And I wasn't sure that she was going to do that song, but she did. And I was very grateful that um, that she performed it. Next up was Poison. Poison was Poison. Um, It's been a long time since I've seen them live. And again, they did most of their hits. I could have done without the sermons from Brett Michaels in between each songs. You know, I mean, I don't know. I want to hear some rock and roll. Um, And that's kind of all I'll say on that, basically. So um, I know a lot of people enjoy them. Poison is definitely a high energy act. So uh, good on them for you know being able to perform like they did. But um, again, yeah, I could have done without the, the preacher sermons from Brett Michaels. And for those that who have seen the show may know what I'm talking about. It got a little bit to be too much, in my opinion. Moving on to Motley Crue. Motley Crue, again, one of my favorite bands growing up. Love the crew. Shout the devil, too fast for love, theater of pain, girls, girls, girls were all part of my junior high and high school years. Fantastic to see them. It's been a long time since I saw them in concert. I want to say I saw them at the House of Blues on the Generation Swine Tour. And then I saw them at Stars and Guitars in Alpine Valley on the Dr. Feelgood Tour. And then I saw them on the Girls, Girls, Girls Tour with White Snakes. So Good to see them. They did have some issues with the mix, with the bass overpowering the rest of the show. 
I don't know why that was the issue. I don't know why that was the problem, but apparently unbeknownst to the sound guy or whoever it was, it did definitely take away from the music portion of the performance. However, I want to say this, and I want to make this clear in terms of energy. Motley Crue blew the doors off the rest of the bands outside of maybe classless act. It was either just below them. And in some cases equal Motley Crue brings it in terms of energy. It's like zero to 200 miles per hour. And it's just testosterone on steroids. I mean, it just gets going. You're into it. And you know, the music performance may not be the best. It's a very raw and it's very, you know, it's Motley Crue. You know, that's the essence of crew. Um, you know, the kings of the back alley of, of rock and roll. They definitely brought the energy, man. It was intense. It was, the crowd was into it and the crowd responded really well. No matter what we feel about the performance, what's most important for a band is how the crowd reacts. And I have to say, the crowd was just totally into it. The synergy created was awesome. Next up, Def Leppard. Again, one of the greats. It's been a long time since I saw them. I think the last time I saw them was probably on the Hysteria Tour. And I think LA Guns opened up for them. So it was good to see Def Leppard. They did not disappoint. They sounded great. Wish there was a little, you know, little different song selection on the set list, you know, maybe a little bit more of a focus on the older stuff, but they're pretty proud of the new album and I don't blame them for wanting to play those songs. It was just very unfamiliar, but that's okay. I mean, Maiden plays songs off the new album. A lot of bands play songs off, you know, the new albums because they should. I mean, they work on these albums. They're proud of the songs. They want to play them for people. They believe in these songs. And yeah, would I like, you know, to hear some of the older stuff from High and Dry and On Through the Night and maybe some other songs off Pyromania? But I totally get what they're doing. And what's the point of going on tour when you got a new album out if you're not going to play any of the songs on the album? So enjoyed that fact that they did that. Bring on the heartache. Um, was fantastic and as well. Good show, great uh, performance by Def Leppard. They sounded great too. If I had to rank the music related portion of the show, I would put Classic Act one, Def Leppard two, Joan Jet three, Poison four, and Motley Crue last. In terms of energy, I would put Motley Crue one, Classic Act two, Poison three and then a tie between Joan Jett and Def Leppard last on that. So um hope everyone enjoyed the stadium tour when it came through. Man, three hours delayed or three year delay on this show. And glad to see it finally happen. There were a couple things that were interesting throughout the show. You saw some signs and some some uh commercials during the intermissions for Motley Crue celebrating Shout the Devil in 2023. So looking forward to that. And I've heard rumors that it's going to be coming to the UK next year. Although I've also heard Poison's not going to be part of this package. I don't know if Classes Act will or if Joan Jett will. It'll definitely be 
Def Leppard and Motley Crue. But in terms of what they're going to be doing with the other acts, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens and what transpires. So glad to finally see it. Glad to bring my son to that show. He's never seen any of those bands outside of Classless Act. And I know he was stoked to see it. And there were a lot of young people there, too. So that's always nice to see. The next show was the next night. We got a lot of shows done that weekend. Stadium tour was Friday night. And then we went up to Milwaukee Summerfest outside of Milwaukee. The next day, my son and his school rock band had a performance on the Ameritech stage. And I posted a video of him playing some pictures. It was awesome. Looked really great up there playing on a stage like that. And he had a lot of energy. So that was cool to see him at noon on that Saturday. I went back to the hotel, got some rest because I was tired from the night before. Came back and saw the warning. Second time seeing this great band from Mexico, the Three Sisters. Fantastic. Blew me away again. Saw them at the Bottom Lounge in April in Chicago and got to see them here. They've been playing a lot. They were on the Hailstorm and Pretty Reckless tour. So they've been getting their, earning their chops, man, and, and really building up synergy between the three of them. Of course, their sisters. Not much of a challenge to do that, but playing all those shows, they became so much tighter. And I have to say, walking out of that show, all I heard was how impressed people were at this show. They sound phenomenal. Their performance is phenomenal. As I've stated, they are ready to become superstars. And it's going to happen here, I would say, within the next three years. Um, They played clubs on this tour. And they had this big tour with uh, Hailstorm and Pretty Reckless. I know they did some stuff with Three Doors Down, I believe. I know they've done some other stuff. They've got a date or two with Guns N' Roses. The new year is coming up. Big things are ahead for this band. And if they can get some really cool tours or more cool tours underneath their belt, I expect them to start playing small theaters to, you know, to larger theaters on the next run. And maybe arenas at the end to see, you know, on a second leg of a tour. I would say them and Greta at this point, because you can't argue Greta's success are going to be the two bands that are really going to be leading the charge. There's a lot of other bands too, like Mammoth and the Struts and so many bands that I just love. Um, I expect good things from Joyous Wolf coming in the new year too, as well. Dirty Honey is another great band. So we're starting to see, you know, the 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 the, cre- the cream rise to the top. And Greta's been there, and I think the warning is on their way. And I think just underneath that, like I said, Struts, Mammoth, Dirty Honey. I think by the end of 2023, Joyous Wolf will be included in that conversation. So, yeah, there's a lot coming. There's a lot of great bands out there, and it's exciting to see. But getting back to the show, again, just an energetic performance, tight. They sound really very close to the album, if not identical to the album. They're not using tracks up there. It's all live. Just be, they're becoming a well-oiled machine and they've got a great management team behind them. Just absolutely fantastic. So it was great to see them again 
after a few months of seeing them and just seeing the growth in their performance in the growth in the band, they were playing some new songs too off of their new album as well. So that was great. Wanted to check out the pretty reckless cause they were on that day at Milwaukee Summerfest, but unfortunately Taylor Momsen got COVID. So they had to cancel. So before I saw the cult, which we'll get in here in a second, I saw a band that I was not familiar with, not really didn't know their music very well. I've heard of the band, but again, just wasn't a fan, not because didn't like their music, just didn't know who they were. So I was waiting for the cult and I I kind of sat across the stage and was having some dinner and Black Rebel Motorcycle Club came on and absolutely blew me away. Absolute great performance. Just love the emotion and just the 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 music. I didn't really know any of the songs, but within the next week after seeing them, I ordered like three of their albums because I absolutely just love the performance and I really wanted to get into this band. If you have a chance to check them out, I don't know if they're still on tour, but please do. You do yourself a favor. They're fantastic. Love the band. Can't really speak much about it. Great performance, great song. Blown away. They got a new fan that day uh, from me listening to them. So glad I got a chance to check them out. Next up was The Cult, the great band from the late 80s and early 90s. And they sounded phenomenal. One of the best live performances I've seen from a legacy act in a long time. Ian Atsbury sounded phenomenal. They played everything from Rain to She Saw Sanctuary to Fire Woman. And uh, it was absolutely phenomenal. Great show by them and just absolutely blown away. I couldn't tell enough people about them, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and The Warning, because that whole day was just filled with fantastic music. So I know they've got a new album coming out, I think, in October, November, at some point here before the end of the year. Can't wait to check it out. But if you do get a chance to see The Cult, if you haven't seen them in a long time or if you've never seen them, I highly recommend checking them out. They are absolutely awesome live. Absolutely fantastic. Next up, got to see the Black Moods again in Kenosha, Wisconsin at like this microbrewery festival or party that they were having. It was right over the border in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And I've seen the Black Moods before and they didn't disappoint. They absolutely killed it for about an hour and a half. Played a lot of songs off Sunshine and their new album, Love their new record, and Love Sunshine. Uh, First time I saw them was with the Dead Daisies when they toured with them last year. They were fantastic then and absolutely killed it in this show. Kind of a weird setup. It was in one of those like festival tents. And you had about a good 100 people there, which is on a Sunday afternoon. I thought that was, uh, you know, a good draw for them, for a band that's trying to get into a new market in the Midwest. So good on them. If you haven't checked out Into the Night, their new album, fantastic. Awesome dudes in the band, awesome guys. Josh has been on the show a couple times. He did a new music spotlight with us, and then he did an episode with John Drake from the Dust Coda on a Conversations and Collaborations episode. And the band came on and did an exclusive premiere of their new album like a week before they they released it. So one of the best records, one of the best albums of 2022, Into the Night. And a great band, a fun band to see. 
I wanted to see them twice before the end of the month. Really disappointed in my performance as a fan. Um, I had some health issues here at the end of September, or actually beginning of September, and uh, was laid up for a while. Still kind of laid up here for a bit, still recuperating and recovering. But they played a show like 10 minutes from my house, and I'm so pissed off that I missed that show. And they were playing the next night. Listen to this, Bill. They are playing the next night up in Wisconsin, right over the border near Rockford, which is about the same distance to Kenosha, where they played earlier in the month. Or, I'm sorry, in July. And they were playing with Bourbon House and Naked Gypsy Queens. Two great new bands on the bill with the Black Moods. I would have killed to seen that show, but unfortunately, just couldn't make it, just couldn't do it. And uh, I'll be kicking myself for a long time for missing that show because that is a stellar, stellar bill for three new bands to have. And I love when I see bands like that touring together, especially the new ones. And if you're into the emerging rock scene, all three of those bands are absolutely fantastic. Bourbon House has just released three singles that they have, and they're taking the next step. Naked Gypsy Queen's gone through a little bit of changes since they released their EP. I know they got a new singer, so I'm curious to see what that sounds like. And the Black Moons, like I just mentioned, 2022, Into the Night, one of the best albums of the year so far. Speaking of shows that I've missed, might as well just get into it now. Uh, missed Dirty Honey and Dorothy in either Joliet or in Belvedere, Illinois. I uh, was going to try to make the Friday show catch up with Pete Dankelson. I know he was heading up there and some of the other friends that I've made through this podcast, but just was unable to do it again, recuperating from surgery. Again, great bill that I missed. I'm going to kick myself for not being able to see that show. Just had Sam Bam Colton on uh, and Dorothy. Of course, I've had John Notto on a couple times, Justin Smolian on, on once. Uh, John also did the show with Tyler Baker, another conversations and collaboration show and had Mark LaBelle. It's one of our first new music spotlight guests in October, 2019. So love seeing those guys and uh, would have enjoyed to go to the show, but man, I missed three awesome shows at the end of the month and just disappointed in myself. So got to move forward though. And of course I would not have missed them. If, uh, if I really had no other choice, but hopefully get to see all those bands at some point again soon. Next up was Richie Kotzen. Got to see him at the Arcata Theater. Love it when Richie comes through. One of my favorite musicians out there, in my opinion, probably one of the, the best or if not the best guitar player making music right now. Of course, he released 50 for 50. Right before the pandemic in February of 2020, was unable to tour on it for a while and got to see him and perform at the Arcata Theater in St. Charles. I got to tell you, it's always a pleasure to see him play, whether it's with Winery Dogs or whether it's him solo. I think this is the third time I've seen him perform solo. I've seen him play with Winery Dogs three times and it just gets better and better. Crowd was not as strong as I would have liked it, but he 
he's kind of touring on an album that he released two years ago. So kind of hard for people to still connect with that, I guess, this in this day and age. But it was a fantastic show. His band is phenomenal. His bass player, Dylan, just absolutely kills it. I know he's got a different approach than Billy Sheen, who's in the Winery Dogs with Richie. But, man, what a performance by the band. Just three musicians up there that are just top-notch. Richie is one of the best guitar players of all time and one of the best, if not the best, guitar player making music currently. He kills it with his tone and his R&B influence, the depth he has on that guitar, on the instrument that he plays, is unmatched. He's the only shredder that can do that type of sound, where he can shred up and down that fretboard, and then he's got this really sensitive R&B emotional flair to his playing, which I absolutely enjoy. You got to check him out. Obviously, his voice is phenomenal. He's got that Cornell Coverdale Glenn Hughes style, and he sounds absolutely phenomenal. When you hear him play the guitar while singing, it's just, it's out of this world. Played at the Arcana Theater, great place to see a show outside of Chicago. If you have a chance to see Richie on one of these solo shows or one of these solo runs that he does, please go see him. You owe it to yourself as a music fan to go see a legend and even though he's been under the radar for decades, Winery Dogs has really kind of propelled him to a new level of popularity. I don't think he's anywhere near where he should be. But, yeah, he's just fantastic. And like I said, if you love music, go see Richie Cotton. You won't be disappointed. Next up is Blacktop Mojo, band out of Texas, who's still out there playing, supporting their self-titled album that they released last year, one of the best albums of 2021. I've seen Blacktop Mojo four times, and the great thing about seeing them is, number one, they get better each time, and number two, their audience gets bigger each time. They define what it is to be in the grind for a new band because they get out and do it. They're out playing. They're out performing. And they are one of the best, if not the best, new live bands that you will see. I know they've been around for close to 10 years, if not 10, if not 10 years. So I don't know if people will still qualify them or put them in the category of emerging rock. They're kind of in that Rival Sons, Blackberry Smoke, Pretty Reckless type of time frame. But they absolutely kill it. and. Again, another great band that I love talking about because their music is fantastic. It's like an edgier Southern rock band. Um, it's a band that has that those metal tones, those hard rock tones. And it's, that's more the focus, but based on their musicianship and based on how they perform and some of the elements in their song, they could do like a Southern rock album and absolutely kill it too. But yeah, go see Blacktop Mojo. That's another all these bands that I'm talking about, go see them because they're absolutely phenomenal. One of, uh, like I said, one of the great newer bands out playing live right now. And we get to our last show of the month or of the quarter. And that is the Scorpions Thunder Mother show that was at Allstate Arena at the end 
of August or be- I think it was beginning of September. The show was, but killer performance by both bands. And this is the show that I really get enthusiastic about because we have a legacy act in Scorpions that is bringing out a young band who's never played America before in Thunder Mother, who is a great all-female band. Fantastic album that they just released, Black and Gold. Just fantastic. And here's the thing, right? We see a lot of tours now that are packaged up with bands that sell tickets. And a lot of these legacy acts don't bring out the younger acts like bands that brought them out. They're not really passing the torch, so to speak. Few bands do it. And I was very happy to see Scorpions bring Thunder Mother out because it wasn't based on algorithms. It wasn't based on number of streams. It was based on the fact that they kick ass and they're good. And the awesome thing, like another level of awesomeness about Scorpions is that when Whitesnake pulled out because of Coverdale's upper respiratory issue that he continues to have, instead of getting another band to fill that slot, Scorpions gave an hour or so set to Thunder Mother, which was fantastic, which was awesome. I kept thinking, I'm like, okay, their set's going to end at any point. They've done six songs, seven songs. I think they did 11 songs. And I reviewed it on Instagram. So if you want to check out the review, it's available on Instagram and I also believe Facebook. Just an absolutely great show. Great opportunity for Thunder Mother to play for a 90% capacity crowd, um, which is about 18,000 at the Allstate Arena. So they were playing at about between 16 and 17,000. And for those that did not know who the band was prior to them playing, they certainly will now. I mean, they were really into it by the end of the show. And that was great to see. That was a joy to see a young band capturing the attention of a crowd in 2022, a band that most of them did not know any of their songs and they absolutely killed it. They played like similar to class of sack. They played like they belong there. And I was so happy to see that for a new emerging band to get an opportunity like that. Just, just awesome. Scorpions. They were scorpions for those that have seen scorpions before in the past know that they are fantastic live. They, they are a great band, great performance. They've always been fantastic live and they didn't disappoint even as they've gotten older and I don't know how many more albums they have in them, but it was great to see them at this stage in their career. And very thankful to them for bringing out one of the bands we've supported here for a long time, Thunder Mother. So kudos to Scorpions for really talking the talk and walking the walk when they say that they support new rock bands. So all these other legacy artists that are out there, take lessons from Scorpions because they absolutely, absolutely killed it live and they killed it in terms of supporting new rock throughout the last three months, been able to hang out with a lot of listeners of the podcast, uh, Chris at USA and Chris, uh, high stick, Mick Skylab, 
hoping I don't forget anybody. Uh, obviously, my son comes to the show at the Youth Rocks, but uh, bumped into a lot of people at these shows. If I'm forgetting you, I do apologize. It's not intentional, uh, but it's always nice to meet the people and uh, become friends with them, which is great. You know, I can call these guys and talk to these guys anytime. While I was recuperating in the hospital, High Stick Mick brought me a, a tray of ribs which I was very thankful for. That's a, a solid gentleman and a scholar right there. So thank you to uh, to him for doing that. And uh, just like talking rock, you know, I mean, that's the common thread through all of us is we love going to live concerts and we love talking music. And I can't think of anyone or any group of people to do it with than the fans that I've created through this podcast, the listeners, people that contact me through DM and uh, the people I meet at shows or at festivals like Creatures Fest when I'm at uh, Twisted Kister and I Love Rich. He was there, plus a bunch of other podcasters, too, as well. So it's always great to see that. And I can't wait to keep doing it and can't wait for you to experience the month of October. We've got some great things planned for the show as I get back into the swing of things. But I hope you enjoyed this assessment on the live shows that I've seen and the live concerts that I've been to. Like I said, I'm still trying to figure out a place for these episodes, but I figured out, but I figured I'd start the month of October with a review of all the shows that I've been. And of course, there's shows that I've missed, which I'm still kicking, kicking myself for. I'm hoping to make Iron Maiden on Wednesday. I'm hoping to make some other shows too as well, but Maiden's the big one. I'm hoping in, Hopefully I get a good doctor uh, follow-up tomorrow. So that'll determine on whether or not that I, that I get to go. But, hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Take care of each other. We'll talk soon. Thanks. I'm being pulled by my felonious proclivities Look in the mirror with such crystal clear lucidity Become more aware of my life's vacant obscenity It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 